Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you're a good God. You love us. You draw us to yourself. And you help us to learn how to get along together. We're not always great at that. But Lord, you never give up on us. So you never give up on us individually. You never give up on us as far as us getting along together either. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you that through Jesus, you've made a way for us to have a relationship with you and to connect with you and communicate with you and you with us. And so we're here today, Lord, to say thank you for that. Help us to learn how to do that even better in Jesus' name. Amen. Three minutes. If someone does want to put my, you know, thank you. I'm not going to. It's too tight. My, you know, I get my wife to open the jars in her house. Thanks, that's, that's so true. Three, three minutes. Yeah, I didn't say you were wrong. Three ministers were talking about prayer, and they began to talk about some positions of prayer. What's the right position for prayer? As they were talking, a telephone repairman was working on the phone system in the background. One minister said the key was in how you held your hands in prayer. Okay. The second minister believed that real prayer was done on one's knees. You must kneel to pray. The third suggested that the best position was to pray while stretched out on your face on the ground. The telephone repairman interrupted. He said, I found that the most powerful prayer I ever prayed was while dangling upside down by my feet from a power pole suspended 40 feet above the ground. We've had a series of prayer the last four or five weeks, and I guess I just want to land in a space of, it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it. And if you're not passionate enough about prayer yet, maybe you should hang from your feet from your gutter, and you'll get passionate about prayer really quickly. (laughs) So this morning, I just want to share with you, you might have heard me share before, that I use a really simple acronym for my prayers each morning. And it's just A, and it's on your um, sheets there if you want to use those on your seats. Um, Stand back. You know what? I'm not going to get it right, and I'm not sure I care, so don't interrupt me, please. You just distract me, and that'll annoy everybody. I just got to be myself today, so I'm just going to be myself, and I'll let you be yourselves as well. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So in my iPhone every morning, I just put um, A, A-C-T-S, um, and then I worked my way through this, and in a, I did tell Nate I was going to do listening prayer, and you know what, it just didn't come off, so I'm sorry, but in the whole context of this, I do it as listening prayer, I don't just do it out of my head, I sit with God and go, okay God, how do, what, what, what do I adore about you today, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, The great preacher D.L. Moody said, I'd rather be able to pray than be a great preacher. Isn't that interesting? Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but he did teach them how to pray. Maybe we've got that bit wrong in the church. (laughs) We've taught a lot of people how to preach. Do we teach people how to pray? Well, that's what we've been trying to do the last few weeks. Maybe we should do it again sometime soon. You think prayer's been interesting? We're going to go into a series on faith next week. Perfect timing for self-denial, isn't it? How to trust God and walk in faith. Anyway, that's next next week. 
So our first point there is adoration. It should come up on the screen because if you're like me, you may not be able to spell it. Expressing our love to God. Mark 12.30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So for me, um, what I do is, I don't know, um, one of the reasons I married Melissa was I got to know her. We have a funny story. We were driving around Dora Creek, if you know where Dora Creek is. This was while we were dating. And we drove past, I think it was the Dora Creek Squash Club. And she goes, oh, I think I've been there. And I go, yeah, I think I've been there too. I go, when were you there? She goes, well, I was with the Kempsey Youth Group. We came down to visit the Bonnells Bay Youth Group. And I said, I think I was a student at the school doing my work experience at Bonnells Bay. And we were both there at the same time and have no memory of each other. So it wasn't love at first sight. <laughs> For all you romantics out there. But you know what, as I got to know her as a friend, and some of you know the story, some of you don't, that I, hung, I was the only single guy in the training college with six single women. They called me lucky, but I was really scared. <laughs> right? And so I used to hang out with Melissa to avoid the other six single cadets in college. True story. And over time, as I got to know her, I fell in love with her. If you want to fall in love with God, you have to get to know Him. And so every morning when I see A for adoration, I say, God, what is the thing I love about you today? And I just reflect about, you know, today what I wrote down was God with us, Emmanuel. Because lots of other people leave us, but God never will. Hey? And out of that just then comes love from my heart to God. So you could go through my phone and every morning there's a different A thing. Sometimes actually that's the same. Wisdom shows up a lot. I love the wisdom of God. So that's adoration. George MacDonald, who wrote a few books, Christian books, and he was a pastor, wrote this communion with God, which is adoration. Communion, intimate, deep relationship with God. Communion with God is the one need of the soul beyond all other needs. What an interesting statement. And he says, prayer is the beginning of that communion. That's adoration. Confession. Being real with God. Hey, being real with God. God can only help us to the degree we're honest with him. If we are not honest with him, all his power and resources become limited. There's an interesting thought. John 1, 9 and 10 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purif purify us from all unrighteousness. If we've claimed we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. Don't encourage that at all. And his word has no place in our lives. It's a powerful verse, isn't it? We often quote verse 9 without verse 10. Maybe we should learn verse 10 as well as we know verse 9. Confession is a very important part of prayer. So in the ACTS acronym, C is for confession, number two. James tells us that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. What does that mean about the unrighteous? It means that if there is something between us and God, we are not guaranteed that God will hear our prayer. We need to make sure that all known sin is confessed to him and forgiveness is received. 
Jesus said that he is the truth. God is truth. He is reality. So we cannot engage God without engaging with reality. When we try to hide from or deny reality, I believe we're hiding from God. And I believe, they haven't put this in the mental health journals yet, but I actually believe confession brings us into reality. I believe that Jesus is actually a great cure for mental health. I'm not saying we don't need other things like doctors and medicines and everything like that. But I'm believing, I believe that the power of confession, when we get honest, brings us in. If Jesus is reality, then what's non-reality? I call that some form of mental health problem. So when we come to Jesus and we allow his Holy Spirit to help us get really honest, I believe we come into a healthier reality. I'm not saying, I didn't say a comfortable reality, friends. And I, want, and I want to take this moment to apologize for last week. If anyone felt condemned or judged by something I said in my message, I was reflecting on it and I'm watching the video. I thought it didn't, just didn't come across how I was trying to make the point. I was making a point that if we make a commitment to God, then when that commitment is tested, if we follow through on that commitment, it proves that we're faithful. But it doesn't mean we weren't faithful when we made the commitment. It doesn't mean we weren't sincere. It doesn't mean we weren't genuine. So if that didn't come across, I apologize because I never want to come across condemning. And you know what I found? Every time I make amends or I confess something I've messed up, um, man, um, Atlas said it right this morning, broccoli. You know, broccoli is so good for you. And confession is just like a good dose of broccoli. You know, you can, feel, you can feel the metamorphosis of humility starting to metamorphosize into your body when you confess. I don't know for you, and it's, it's like, I actually like broccoli today, so I don't know, pick a vegetable that makes you gag and is really good for you, I don't know. But you know what, actually, I think it's like broccoli because as a kid, I didn't like broccoli, Right? But as you start to develop a taste for it, and as you see confession's healthy for your soul and brings humility, you actually start to get a taste for it. Does that make sense? And it's not as painful, and you don't avoid it as much, and it becomes a habit. This morning, all right, I mean, yesterday morning, I couldn't, sometimes I think, oh, I can't, I think I've been okay yesterday. Probably don't pray and wait enough on this point. And, um, you know, so I'll just pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation in that little C part. Um, but then I was later in the day, I remembered something that I had done the day before. I thought, oh, yeah, okay, I hadn't waited long enough, hey. To just wait on the Holy Spirit. Um, I love um, the healing evangelist who's now gone to be with the Lord, John Wimber. I remember him saying that um, he, was just, he was just expressive and enthusiastic. And, and one time he was talking to a pastor friend on the phone and he was telling him how great things were and what was going on. And... A few hours after he got off the phone, the Holy Spirit said to him, you need to ring your friend back and apologize for exaggerating because you're being deceptive. How's that for conviction? Hey? And I believe that as we walk with the Lord and become sensitive to the leading of his Holy Spirit, we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit saying to us, hey, hang on, that's not quite right. And it's not about condemnation, it's just about putting things right with God. Because often what happens...
is things like this. It's easy to deny fudging our taxes unless we call it for what it is, stealing from the government. It's easy to justify our dislike for a person if we list off all the things they've done to us. But it's not so easy to dismiss if we call it for what it is. Sorry, Lord, for not loving Bill the way that you love me. And so you find in society that we change the names of sins to justify them away. But when it comes to confession, we just have to call it for what it is. Sorry, God, I lied. Sorry, God, I was arrogant today. Sorry, God, I was more focused on myself today than I was on the other person I should have been more focused on. And just, that's what I'm talking about, just getting honest with our weaknesses. You know, sometimes we don't encounter the forgiveness, the power of the forgiveness of God to the degree we need to because we haven't been honest about our sin. You know, we all deserve the judgment of God. It's a level playing field. Because we can never be good enough. And when we get to that point where we go, you know what, I can't be good enough. I can't cross this unfathomable canon, um, canyon. I can't get across it. I can't, I can't actually have this love, joy, peace and amazing stuff from God. I can't. I can't. I can't. Except through the cross of Jesus Christ. And then we encounter the power of the cross. So don't skip out on confession, because confession brings connection, is what I believe. Number three, Thanksgiving. This is my favorite. And, you know, just when you start to think I was structured, Jess, Jess doesn't believe I'm a structured person. Um, when my prayers, I'm getting, find it hard to get into prayer. I don't start at A, I start at T. Because who said you have to follow the order? You know, we, I think we get stale sometimes in our relationship with God because we try to follow order. Well, I did it this way last time. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you this time. And I find one of the easiest ways to start in prayer when I'm struggling is just start with gratitude. Thank you, God, that I'm breathing today. Thank you, God, for my health. Thank you, God, for my family. You know, I've thanked God a lot for the weather this summer. Hasn't it been awesome? It's cool and rain and green. Hey, that's an easy thing to thank God for. Thank you, Jesus. Tim Samuels and the boys are thanking God and Guy for the rain because they've never been so busy in their businesses ever before, mowing lawns. And, hey, it's been great, but we can find. How, hard, how easy is it to find stuff to thank God for? It's easy. So it's a great place to start. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Even in our trials, we can thank God by faith for the work they're going to bring about in our lives. For this is God's will. You know, especially when you're younger, what's God's will for my life? To be thankful. I know God's will for my life. What is it? To be thankful. Some of it's not hard. It's appropriate to give thanks to God. The Bible says, all good and perfect gifts come from the Father of heavenly lights. In other words, everything good in this world comes from God, whether we acknowledge it or not. And everything not so great doesn't come from God. Isn't that a great verse? All good things come from God. And number four, supplication. There's a weird word, but it works for the acronym. Supplication. What does that mean? It just means asking. 
asking of God. And if you just put asking, it doesn't fit with the acronym, so we can't use it. Matthew 7, 7, I love this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. And in the context of the Greek, and I don't understand Greek, so I've stolen other people's notes, but in the tense, evidently, Greek has different tenses and all that. So what it actually means here is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. So don't say, oh, I prayed about that. How many times did you pray? Are you still praying about it? When do we stop praying? When God says to stop or when we've got our answer? So we ask and keep on asking. We seek and keep on seeking. We knock and keep on knocking. Because everyone who asks receives. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Do we believe it? Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks. You know, I'm not a great evangelist. I wish I was a better evangelist at sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus. But you know, often one of the lines I do use is saying, you know what, if you really want to know, just seek him. Just ask Jesus to show you who he is. Because the Bible says when you seek and keep on seeking, you will find. Got the other verse up there too, which, Do not be anxious, Philippians 4, 6, about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. You know what, if you don't know what to pray for, this verse is great for that. We just turn our worries into prayers. Now, you don't have to think twice about what your worries are, do you? So next time you go, I don't know what to ask God for, just think about what you're worrying about and turn your worry into a prayer. Easy way to get a prayer list. When we have loved on God, confessed our sins and thank Him, then we have the right perspective to ask of Him. I heard someone once say, be careful what you ask God for, you might just get it. And think of it this way, Elijah, right? We think of Elijah was a great man of faith and of prayer. He prayed and fire fell and consumed the sacrifice and, you know, it was a great victory for him. But then after that, he got all depressed and he asked God that he might take his life. Isn't it great that God didn't answer the second prayer? You ever prayed some prayers you're glad God didn't answer? Hey, how good is God? He knows which ones to answer and which ones when we're just letting off steam. No, that wouldn't really be good for you. And so one of the reasons of the ACTS acronym is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, is it gets our hearts right before we start asking. Then we often find we ask for the right things. Does that make sense? Because if we start with asking, we can be out there, friends, with some pretty weird requests that's just wasting our time. God has priorities. He sees our most important need and needs. God does answer prayer. Amen. Yeah, well, I think sometimes too we find it hard to ask because I was thinking about um, what helps, why don't we ask God for more? And I, and I think of this context, you know, when we ask for, we often find it hard to ask people for stuff. And I've reflected a lot of, what is that about? And I think, because, you know, I know the Bible says it's better to give than to receive, um, but I find that a lot of people are better at giving than receiving or asking for help. And I think it's because when I'm giving, I'm not vulnerable, am I? But when I'm asking for help, I'm making myself vulnerable. And none of us like to be vulnerable. And I think it's the same. 
So I believe prayer, and particularly the prayer of supplication, is about getting vulnerable with God. God, I need you to come through. I would really love you to come through in this area of my life. And then we're relying on God to come through. We're making ourselves vulnerable. But you know what? What relationship isn't awesome without vulnerability? You know, if you want to have a rich and deep relationship with God, we, we have to get vulnerable. I'll never forget being a ministry assistant on the Salvos Discipleship School a lot of years ago. And a young guy um, had come to the school and he struggled to pray out loud. And so we had a prayer time just to help him overcome that, that wrestle with just praying in a group out loud. And he was a great guy, a mechanic from Brisbane, an Ocker Aussie bloke, and you know. And so he, was, he made himself vulnerable to the group and we're praying. And you could see the internal, it was a spiritual battle really going on. And in the end, he's sitting there and he just goes, God, you're such a dude. And, you know, and because we've got a breakthrough, we're all weeping and it's such an amazing spiritual moment. And the point I want to make is it doesn't matter how you pray as long as you pray. I think God might have been weeping too. He he called me a dude. That's so cool. (laughs) Don't ever get religious in your prayer life, friends. Don't ever get religious. I hate it when I hear people say, well, I just can't pray properly. What, what is, does that mean you can't talk to your friend properly? We just talk. It's just talking. Friends, I continue to encourage us that we'd be a house of prayer. That we'd be a people of prayer. Even this morning, I can't remember the answer to the prayer it was, but I heard more, oh, was Bev in the prayer time before was sharing answers to prayer. Hey, how good is it? How powerful is it? I want us to pray harder than we work. And as a church, we work hard. You know what? I think if we pray as hard as we work, or even more so, we'll see God not only transform lives that we're in connection with, but continue to transform our community. So I want to invite the band up. And what I want you to do this morning um, is I want you to spend some time in one of those things, probably the one that you spend the least time in. And again, you know what, this is, not, uh, this is just one way of praying. There's heaps of things out there. You can Google how to pray. There's heaps of different acronyms and ways to pray. But I thought just one thing we could do this morning was maybe you don't spend enough time in adoration, just enjoying um, God. Maybe you don't know who he is, that he's loving, that he's kind, that he's forgiving, that he's merciful. You know, you could spend some time meditating on who God actually is, according to the Bible. Maybe confession is something you avoid, and you could spend some time letting the Holy Spirit search your heart of where you may need to confess some stuff to him or to others this morning. Um, Maybe Thanksgiving. Maybe you're short on Thanksgiving. You need to spend some time thanking him. Or maybe you, you, I've heard so many people over the years say, oh, you know, well, I couldn't ask God for that. What do you mean you couldn't ask God for that? Ask God for anything. He might say no because he loves you and has your best interest at heart, but you can ask. No, nothing wrong with asking. So I encourage you to engage with the song and worship. You might like to come and kneel, just acknowledging safe, safe distancing um, along the front or there, wherever you like.
um, or on the seats at the front, but let's just spend some time in prayer and maybe using some of that stuff I've shared this morning or just, you know, just spending some time in prayer with God this morning.